Welcome back to another edition of Hipster Baseball Podcast, HBP number 104. I'm Dorian, and on today's podcast, we make baseballs in Haiti. And special guest, Jair Jurgens, former Atlanta Braves All-Star pitcher, talks with us about baseball and food from around the world. World, world, world. But like always, I'm going to start the podcast in this episode specifically with a drink. In my hand, I have something called a Dark and Stormy. This, a Dark and Stormy is my favorite drink. It's basically rum, ginger beer, and a pinch of lemon juice. I'm going to have a drink. Give me a second. But this particular Dark and Stormy I made with a rum from from Haiti. It's called Rum Barbancourt. It's an eight-year-old rum from Port-au-Prince, Haiti. Port-au-Prince is the capital of the island of Haiti, well, not the island of Haiti, but the country of Haiti. And I mixed it with ginger beer from Bundaberg. It's at Bundaberg, even though it sounds German, is actually from Australia, like 10, 100,000 miles away from Australia. <laughs> I mean, from Germany. Bundaberg, ginger beer, and of course, a squeeze of lemon from, I don't remember where I bought the lemon. I don't know, maybe at Trader Joe's, at Whole Foods. I have no idea. The point is it's just the lemon from the good old US of A. So it's, this is a very eclectic international drink because it's Haitian rum, Australian ginger beer, and I don't know where lemons are grown in the U.S., but hopefully it's a U.S. one. Anyways, I'm going to have another drink. Hold on. I want to talk a little bit about Haiti because there are so many countries in the Caribbean that produce Major League Baseball players. Haiti isn't normally seen as a hotbed of baseball because Haiti shares the uh, the Caribbean island of Hispaniola with the Dominican Republic. Haiti is on the west side of the island, and the Dominican Republic is on the east side of the island. And the difference between both of them is the Dominican Republic was colonized by the Spanish Empire, and the Haitians were colonized by the French Empire. And, you know, I've had this conversation before with friends of, if you had to pick your colonizer of all the countries that are known as, as being colonial powers in, in hundreds of years ago, who would you pick? <laughs> I think that the French, as horrible, as horrific as the Spanish were, I think the French were even worse. And I'm not just talking about in Haiti. I'm talking about in Africa and in parts of uh, Asia and the Pacific Islands. I'm going to have another drink. I love this rum, dark and stormy so much. I think the absolute worst colonizer in the history of the world were the Belgians. You have to go read what is it the the ghost of uh, the ghost of King Leopold about the horrors of the Belgians and how they treated the Congolese modern day the Democratic Republic of Congo and frankly the best of the worst I think are the English so that's just my own personal opinion before we go into nonsense let's pull back and enjoy this drink and remember we can remember that. A legendary Negro baseball player by the name of Satchel Page. We know him. He's one of the greatest of all time. And unfortunately, he never played. Well, he did play Major League Baseball. Never mind. Excuse me. But his introduction into Major League Baseball was delayed because of racism in the 1930s, 1940s, etc. He should have been the first black player to play in Major League Baseball. But of course, we all know it was Jackie Robinson. And Jackie Robinson is an all-time great. But Satchel Page... Because he wasn't allowed to play in Major League Baseball, he and a lot of the Negro Baseball League stars would actually go play in the Dominican Republic. They would get paid really well, and they would win championships for the crazy 
dictator, uh, what was his name, uh, Rafael Trujillo. We all know that some of the best players are not coming from Haiti, but they're coming from the Dominican Republic, their neighbor right next door. But in the 1970s and the 1980s, Haiti was the number one producer of Major League Baseball baseballs, like the actual baseball. You can't play without a ball. Unless that ball's in the pitcher's hand, You, can't, you there is no baseball game. And Haiti, at its very height, they were producing 20 million baseballs every single year in the 1970s and the 1980s. All the normal, the normal, all the known companies, Spalding, Rawlings, Wilson, all of them had manufacturing warehouse, not warehouses, but buildings in Haiti. And there's actually one Major League Baseball player, not one, but there, I'm just I'm just highlighting one baseball player that actually identifies, he's, he's Dominican, but he identifies as ethnically Haitian, is Miguel Sano. He's, his parents, yes, his parents are Haitian. And there's a current player from the Dominican Republic whose parents are Haitian. His name is Robert Pawson. He's a 20-year-old from the Dominican Republic, but his parents are Haitian. And right now, Robert Pawson is in the Pow, excuse me, Robert Pawson is in the Oakland Athletics farm system. He's playing shortstop for the low A Stockton Ports. No, 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 no. I'm not talking about Robert Paulson. His name is Robert Paulson. His name is Robert Paulson. This isn't the Fight Club scene from that fantastic 1999 film with Ed Norton and Brad Pitt <laughs> when Robert Paulson, the guy who's played by Meatloaf, ends up getting dead, uh, ends up getting dead. He ends up getting killed on some random sabotage mission that they're that they're running. This is not Robert Paulson. This is Robert Paulson. <laughs> he's 20 years old. He's very much alive and he's a good baseball player. So hopefully he'll one day make it into the Oakland Athletics starting lineup uh, to be another ethnically Haitian player to play Major League Baseball. And by the way, I'm going to finish this off with, not the drink, but I'm going to finish off this little segment here with a little tidbit about the Dominican dictator Rafael Trujillo who ruled, I don't know, like something like 80 years ago, 40 years, not 40 years ago, 80 or 60 years ago, I forget right now. Allegedly, Rafael Trujillo, obviously, he was a racist, and so allegedly, he would use makeup to whiten his face. <laughs> the lengths that people go through for vanity. Not, uh, Robert, uh, Robert, Rafael Trujillo, there you go. Uh, no cheers to you, uh, the, to the dictator Rafael Trujillo. Cheers to the good people in Haiti. Cheers to the good people who make this delicious rum. And cheers to the good people in Australia who make the... What is it? The Bundaberg. Ginger beer. You know what? Cheers to you. I want to thank you for following. If you want our social media, the the picture of my drink is going to be on our Instagram and our Twitter account. Our show sponsor has no problem with the color of anyone's skin, the color of anyone's fur, because they welcome all different colors. Attention all cat lovers. Here it is. The Cat and Mouse Watch. The Cat and Mouse Watch is this week's show sponsor. What a charming way to keep perfect time. It gives you seconds just as precisely, but more playfully than other watches. 
and it's lavished with quality features to combine a unique style with amazing accuracy. In fact, we guarantee the accuracy of your heirloom watch with a no-nonsense 25-year refund policy. You'll be thrilled with loving details like slate gray or a red strap and the gleaming gold tone case, not to mention the superb imported quartz movement. On today's special offer, on this episode, you get a genuine cat and mouse watch, complete with its own personal number certificate of authenticity, all for the unbelievably price, unbelievably low price of just $19.99. So don't lose time. Have your credit card ready and order now for rush delivery. The cat and mouse watch. Cheers to cat and mouses. No, cheers to cats. I love cats. Mouse, no one loves mouses. And by the way, People that have like hamsters and mice and rats as pets, kind of weird. But anyways, cheers to you too if you do that stuff. But I, I would never go to your house if you have like a rat as a pet. <laughs> anyways, this week's guest doesn't come from Haiti or the Dominican Republic, but he does come from another Caribbean island. This week's guest, we have Jair Jurgens, former all-star pitcher and longtime Major League Baseball player. Jair, welcome to Hipster Baseball Podcast. Thank you, thank you, thank you for having me on your show. Uh, absolutely, we're happy to have you. Like I said, you were you were an all star pitcher. You've pitched okay. all over the world. You've um, done all this stuff. But I think what everyone wants to know is what it, what made you more nervous pitching in an all star game against the best players in the world or starring in a reality TV show with your wife, Caitlin. <laughs> Definitely the reality show. That's out of my comfort zone. Um, I'm really shy, man. Uh, it's weird. Like, I, I can perform in front of 40,000 people, but be on camera is not my thing. For, for those of you who don't know, Jair and his wife, Kaylin, were in the um, uh, the Wags Atlanta uh, reality correct. TV show a few years ago correct. on the correct. channel. Correct, correct, correct. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you you definitely give off that vibe when you're watching clips of that, of like, yeah, you're not yeah. the most... Um, it, it, it's not what I'm not. It's just like I'm like I'm really simple type of dude. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I can't act like if I don't like something, I don't like something. And for reality show, sometimes they want you to put a little bit extra in it. And I'm not type of guy. I'm not for. I'm not the reality type of dude. You know what I mean? My reality is way different than they pretend they wanted to be. You know what I mean? Definitely. So obviously, we now know you're more comfortable pitching in front of 40,000 people 100%. than a couple that's of cameras not, and some grip yeah. guy yeah. and the catering I'm, folks. Yes, yeah, so that's not me. That's not me. Well, let's let's get back to where you're more comfortable in talking about mm -hmm. baseball. Okay. You, you're from Curaçao, a very small island yeah. in the Caribbean, yeah. just north mm -hmm. of Venezuela. Correct. And okay. I'm sure you have, I'm sure this is not a, a unique question of mm. why in the world are there so many world-class talents coming out of baseball from coming out of Curaçao that are baseball players. You have one of my favorite players of all time, Andrew Jones. You've played with yeah. him center fielder mm -hmm. with the Atlanta Braves, mm -hmm. uh, Andrelton Simmons, who I think is arguably one of the greatest shortstops of all time. Amazing. You have yeah. yourself, you have a uh, DD, uh, was it DD Gregorius? I think Correct. Um, Correct. we got the Albies. Turkey Purvar. We got Roger Bernardina. Ivan on coffee. We got a lot of people, man. It's like, I think I, I need to, to give props to the coaches down there. You know, from Little League, most of the coaches that we get down there is, uh, used to play with the organization. Then you're getting uh, trained by guys who've been through it, 
who done it at a high level. And a lot of those, when I was small, guys who was in the professional already will come back and help us out. Then um, it's not, it's, it's a little bit different. We, if you, I need to compare it to the United States. Here's a lot of time is dad's help trying to help coaches the sons. But over there, we were getting coached by actually baseball players and professional players. I think, I think we had uh, the technique like from beginning, we have the right motion, right? And, and when we get to the pro and we get the extra help, like extra weight, extra strength, it just is for us, baseball comes a little bit easier to us. It's, it, it, again, it's just incredible the amount of talent that you guys have coming out. <laughs> I know, I know. There's a lot I, coming too. There's a lot coming. I can imagine the, we, well, I keep talking about this is the world baseball classic is next month and you have played in the world Cla- world baseball classic representing not Correct. Curaçao, but the Netherlands. Correct. If, Correct. if I know why you represented the Netherlands, but can you tell our audience why in the world would players from the Curaçao represent a country 5,000 miles away? Uh, yeah. Um, we are a Dutch colony. Um, most of the Aruba, Bonaire, Curaçao, St. Martin, Sabas, and Stasias. I think I'm missing some. I'm sorry, but I'm missing some. But um, we all have Dutch passport. Um, we, since like uh, we have the Dutch passport, we are eligible to play for the Dutch team. And now it's called the Kingdom on, on, on Netherlands. And all the kin, all the islands who's is a colony of the Dutch, we play for them. It almost reminds me of the. Yeah, I don't know if you follow cricket, but you know when they when teams West Indies. It's yes. not, there's, it's just, it's mixed up of like Jamaica, the Bahamas, right. basically everyone, the lower, the upper Antilles. And so right. that, that's, a, right. that's still, even though it's a lot of islands, it's not a lot of people that live in there, but no, no, it's, it's weird. Right. Um, it's, but that's what makes the Dutch team so, so special. Uh, most of us grew up with each other. Most of us play against each other in Lily tournaments. Then like we have a brotherhood from literally coming up then when we get together it's like if we just we, we just vibe we just vibe and when we go we get on the field we just fight for each other you know that's how it is it's that's why we i think we keep shocking people it's like and not because we uh we were the dutch team doesn't mean we come from the holland place itself you know what i mean it's a small island trying to uh put the our own baseball on the map but even the dutch team baseball too on the map yeah when it, when you look at even this year's dutch team uh, yeah. when you played it's almost always half uh, half the players are from curacao and i'm like Correct. and i think like i'm a baseball fan and i'm like why doesn't why doesn't curacao just have their own team? <laughs> uh, actually it's funny to touch that um we just came back from playing the caribbean series that's the first first tournament that i was able to represent curacao and uh we planning we uh um most of the our pro guys, we're gonna try to get together, try to uh, come with a winner ball team uh, league, um, trying to put baseball uh, Curacao on the map in the professional area of baseball. Like, like amateur, we known by little league to like senior league, but in the professional, like wearing Curacao, it's not known a lot because we play for the Dutch team. But uh, we're trying to change it. Actually, we trying to change it, and it was an honor representing my country this year I, I can imagine yeah a lot of people may not know this but uh, again mm. sticking with the curacao baseball is mm. a, a lot all of you guys are not not bilingual not trilingual all of you guys it seems speak 
one, two, three, four languages. You guys, t- tell us what oh, languages yeah. you guys speak. At least, at least. Um, some people speak five, six. Um, definitely in Papimento, that's the, the nation, the local language. I mean, uh, we got Dutch uh, because we are Dutch currently. We got to learn that since you got the first grade. Um, then we come with English because uh, we are tourist place, island. Um, English and Spanish are the most biggest uh, language out there that you got to know those two. And some people take French and Portuguese. I didn't get that far. I'm good. <laughs> You're okay I'm with four. I'm good to Spanish, man. I'm good to Spanish. Man, I've, I've heard a couple of interviews that you've done in Spanish. And mm-hmm. obviously, speaking very, I mean, every language that it's you speak better. is it's very good. Better. It's very it's good. Better. And you and you kind of speak because I, I, when you were, when you, because I think I had said that you played in a lot of places. You played, obviously, Major League Baseball for about eight seasons. You played in the Mexican season. You played yeah. over in Dominican and yeah. when you did an interview, I don't know how many years ago this was, but when you did an interview in Dominican Republic in Spanish, like even yeah. your accent, it was a little bit more like Dominican yes. Uh, yes. accent. It, it, I think uh, like my wife told me every time I go play somewhere, like um, like last year I played in Mexico. When I came back, I had a little bit of Mexican accent. You know, I was singing a little bit more. It's just I think um, you get used to the culture. Like that's I like to do. I like to get used to the culture, try to be one of the, the local people and uh, get, get accepted. And, I get I get the slang from the from that country when I come back. So continuing on language, when you guys yeah. obviously when you when you're playing or have played with other Dutch players, I'm not mm-hmm. Dutch, excuse me, uh, Curaçao players on your mm-hmm. team or on another team, like when you guys are together, do you speak Papimiento or you speak Dutch? Definitely speak, speak Papimiento. Ah, okay. <laughs> yeah, we definitely speak. We we take advantage. Um, we don't we don't get a a lot of opportunities. To speak it, especially when we are out of the country, out of Curacao, then every time we see Charlie, definitely we gotta be dropping out on the papiamento a little bit. I'm always really surprised. Not, I'm not surprised. I'm, I'm, I'm just always, uh, I guess, proud and happy that how many stars in Major League Baseball are from the Caribbean. Or, Correct. Or, you know, obviously there's some big Asian players as well, but yeah, I remember uh, when. Major League Baseball didn't have the infrastructure for Latin players to come in mm-hmm. and they didn't have the interpreters and they didn't have the food and all that stuff. I mean, I know you came up, you, you, you came to the Major League Baseball like uh, 10, 12 years ago, probably a little bit more than that. Yeah. Was that, was that infrastructure? What, what was the infrastructure for you as a young player from a small Caribbean island? But your, I think your advantage is you spoke English, but what was that? What, what did you get into when you're like, I'm a young man in a foreign country playing Baseball, especially the first two weeks is a culture culture shock. Definitely, um, like you said, I understand it and I can defend myself a little bit with the English, but my grammar wasn't that that great. You know what I mean? And sometimes you will say stuff and people will make fun of you. But I, I, I'm I was um, lucky enough to have a friend from Aruba who was with Detroit at that moment that in a way babysitting me for a couple of weeks before he, he decided to go home. But um, being in the minor leagues, actually I was um, the player that used to help all the Latin American players who cannot speak um, English. I used to be the translator for them and help them out as much as possible. And the, the, the tip I always tried to give them or advice I used to give them is at least try to understand it. You know, it's not... The, for me, the speaking part was not that important because, you know, you find somebody who can help you with that. But if you can't understand it yourself, because like I usually translate, right? But sometimes 
you know, translate from English to Spanish sometimes can be difficult because we use different words for different type of thing. And and I always try to tell them, like, if you can't understand it, it make it easier for you to communicate and understand the culture and the coaches. And um, I'm, I'm really happy that MLB came uh, first. They started giving classes in all the schools in Dominican. And then, then the guys have come more prepared to the United States now. And I, I think that was a great idea by them, by preparing them for the culture over here. And still having a temporary here to make them feel comfortable when they do an interview, I think it was the best, uh, best idea ever that Major League came up with. Continuing with that, Again, when you're a young player coming into yeah. the league, I, I also remember, I, I had, this is years ago that I read an article yeah. where the Dominican players, because they weren't used to and, all, and didn't like like whatever a food that the catering was, was spread out for them. What is it that the Curaçao players like to eat? And how did you guys get some home cooking when, you, you know, oh. when you're on the road in places like Seattle or, or yeah. Chicago, where I don't think there's a lot of Curaçao uh, food? <laughs> how, how did you guys do that? Um, you know, Curacao is, a, I call them a hybrid, a hybrid island because we get, we use culture from every type of country and we eat a lot of rice at home, you know, and um, Dominican food and Peruvian food was uh, like being at home, you know what I mean? The chuletas, the, the beef, uh, you know, the, the pork, like uh, that's what I, I, I used to go for it. Here and there you put a steak and or you put a, a fast food in it, but usually I was comfortable with the Latino food too. That's true. Yeah. Chicken, <laughs> chicken, rice and beans is nah, like a staple in no, like Central America, parts nah. of South America, Latin America. Nah, you can't go wrong with that. Even like in other parts of like Asia, like it. Yeah, you find chicken it. Chicken and rice you is fine. Find, yeah, you find it. Somehow you find it, man. When you, speaking of food, obviously food fuels <laughs> us. You're, you're an athlete. You've been an all-star. You've pitched yeah. at a super high level. What was, uh, what is your preparation of Oof. Of like okay today obviously you're pitching every five days like okay today mm -hmm. i'm pitching like what's that preparation from when you wake up because it's obviously different when you just have to show up and maybe stretch yeah. what's that preparation for a pro like you on on pitching day i'm pitching day. i really don't like to eat i'm like i think um i still till this i think i've been pro for 20 plus year now till this day i still get nerves then i don't like to eat um i try to have a good breakfast and more close I get to pitching, I just like to nibble, you know, try to um, get some cars in because I'm going to need some energy. Um, but we really don't have a specific, I need to have this on pitching day because uh, it all depends on how I'm feeling. You know what I mean? The nerve still kicks in. And uh, and when you're nervous, you don't want to, you don't eat a lot. And uh, for me, like a peanut butter sandwich would hold me down till the game. But after the game, definitely I'm going to try to get in a steak or a pasta or something to to put the energy back in my body we're talking a lot about food yeah i'm gonna continue I, I love food i don't know about you but i, I, love food. I don't blame you man me too so speaking on that because what i think it's wonderful in your professional baseball journey get playing yeah. you I, you've also played in taiwan as well so that's four sure. that's four countries like what right. how i can imagine with your with your God-given professional talent and your mm -hmm. linguistic talent, it's much easier to go to all these countries. But when it comes to food, like, do you have a certain recollection of something that was like overwhelming? Like, wow, I never expected this dish in this country to be so good or something that you're like, you know what, that I don't want to try. Mm. In Taiwan, uh, before the season, two days before the season, we have a, a dinner banquet for the owners, all the sponsor comes to 
and they serve this um, shark fin uh, soup. And over there, sometimes they like to serve the food a little bit cold. I don't know because it was cold, it didn't hit well with me. Like <laughs> all, all the foreigners were sitting on the same table. And we come, we like for being polite, we tasted it. But when we all tasted it, we all looked at each other and said, like, I think we need to go to McDonald's after this. <laughs> They're definitely shark fin soup. I don't know if it was cold, but I would never want to taste that again. Yeah, that and yeah, but that's uh, I've heard I've heard of that soup. I've never had it. I'm like I, don't, I frankly don't want to be eating no. sharks, but uh, but it's like over there is it, it is weird. They most of the food comes cold. They like to eat it cold. Um, but I just I think just the culture that they try to go with it. But yeah, no, nah, there's a lot of stuff I can say about the food I taste. <laughs> It's okay. That that's a good that's a good example. What about what about a flip example? There, you're like, wow, I didn't expect that to be so good in in whatever country you've played in. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. What what surprised me in Taiwan? You know, the thing is hard because like I'm a type of guy. I would taste. I would try anything. You know, because back home, most of food like culture food comes from the from the earth, from the ground. You know I mean, I've been um, then. Most of the stuff like I ate around, I think I, I tasted back home a little bit over all around that area. Um, then a lot of things doesn't surprise me. You know, I mean, just Taiwan surprised me a little bit with the how they like to eat the, the food cold. I try, um, I'm not gonna, it might sound disgusting. I, I, I try duck, um, duck blood. <laughs> I love duck, I've never had duck blood. <laughs> Yeah, the, the, the way they, they explain me that they collect the blood and they put in oil and it's like stuff bubbling and it just become like a, a brick like this and they put like peanut butter um, like um, powder on it. And actually the guy gave it to me, I tried it. I said, it's not bad until he explained me what it was. And I'm like, eh. <laughs> I need to pass on that. Did, did they tell you it was good for the testosterone for all the baseball players? <laughs> uh, no, I wasn't for, but um, at the beginning, it tasted good. Then I figure out what it was. Well, well, all right, let's let's go back to to baseball because again, baseball is I think the your passport to have to seen so much of the world and to be so right. successful. Of what are what are some of your impressions of the style of baseball? That's that was played in Major League Baseball when you were with the Atlanta Braves with the Detroit Ooh. Tigers, and then the style of baseball in Dominican Republic, Mexico, and Taiwan. Like, what were some of your impressions on on the on yeah on the style of baseball that, that each country plays that you played in? Um, when I came out in the Major League, like that's the thing. Like, you can't compare winter balls or Latino baseball with baseball with Major League because here now it, it's changing a lot. But down there is is uh, is it's a passion, you know. What I mean, fans are in it. Um, you celebrate everything, uh, a base hit, a, a walk, a home run. You can't even talk about home runs. You know, what I mean, it's like it's a celebration. When I was coming out in the, in the major league, um, they teach you to respect the game, respect to your opponent, your your the team against you playing against. And um, I grew up with that. You know what I mean. Um, back home was different when I was playing back home. We played the same Caribbean baseball that they play in winter ball. But when you start going to pro, like they, they take it away from you, but you still have an inside, you know, 
sometimes you still celebrate in the big leagues, but not like they do it in in winter ball. Then going back to Dominican, actually, like or playing for the in the classic, we brought that 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 that, that Korean baseball back home to me. You know, because uh, you can let it go. You can be a little kid, but I'm still respecting the other team. You know, and I, I always, uh, I, I don't like to disrespect, you know, other people's job. And that's the thing. Uh, I feel like we get in the way a little bit in the big leagues, but why am I to say anything? <laughs> but it's the way the baseball is these days. But I still, I still think we need to respect each other. I completely agree with you. And I, on this podcast, I'm always saying, I'm always encouraging yeah. people to watch the the winter leagues in Latin America, yeah. whether it's a Mexican winter league, the Dominican, I think as you, you know, better than I do, I, the Mexican yeah. and Dominican winter leagues are the best of the Latin winter leagues. And I also, and obviously there's Venezuela winter league right. and there's, I like watching also the Nicaraguan baseball league, which is the winter league, which is just a you know, step yeah. below, but you yeah. can tell like the passion and people bring instruments to the stadium and you right. watch highlights from the Dominican Republic. One thing that's always been frustrated me about uh, a, a TV sh- a TV channel like uh, MLB Network mm-hmm. is in the wintertime. You have they all are. these amazing Latin countries they show, and they show Air Bud and they show uh, baseball from 1990. Yep. It's like, yep. stop. It, yeah, it if, if, if you have a channel for baseball, why not show the world the next future of baseball or show the world how to understand the Latinos, why they play the baseball the way they play the baseball here. And that's, you know, you, you got to help in a way. If you have a way to educate people to understand other culture, why not use it? Yeah. And as, as you, as you said, it, it MLB now is changing more just because I think there's both younger players and there's more Latin or players or players from the Caribbean coming to try Correct. to influence that stuff. But Correct. Correct. we have a long way to go. And um Yes. I don't, you know, I don't think one thing is going to fix and help baseball become more popular, but that's one thing. That's what I like. I try to explain, like, you're a baseball fan or you're not a baseball fan. You know what I mean? Like, hitting more home runs might give you a couple more fans, but baseball is going to be baseball. You got to play the game the right way. You know what I mean? Don't, like, some people think that all these changes for the good for the game, being personally... I enjoy the old way better than the new way. You know what I mean? It's just these days you watch you watch a, a highlight, you see seventeen home runs in one game. You know what I mean? It's like for for me as a uh, like a studio of the uh, of the of the game and uh, a pitcher, like I want to see that. You know, I want to see small, aggressive, like actually like you know, don't be so much a robot. Strike out a home run. That's the only thing. Like. Is, I think the, the game has become too much as a robot for me. Yeah, no, of course, but of course you wouldn't want all those home runs because, like you no. said, you're a pitcher. No, you don't no. even want one home run. You yeah. want it to be a boring one to nothing game, <laughs> nine innings over two think hours. It's boring. I don't think it's boring. <laughs> I think it's more exciting, man. Well, it's exciting. Me. It's exciting if your team wins, definitely. Yeah, it's true that. True that. And you had uh, going back to uh, staying in Major League Baseball when you had mm-hmm. a fantastic year in 2011. You were voted an All Star. You pitched mm-hmm. in the All Star game. Walk us through that of like when you got the news of Jair. Yeah. By the way, you're going to be an All Star, and then being able to pitch in the game because pitchers are a little bit you know weird in the sense of for yeah. the All Star games. Just because you're picked doesn't mean that you are going to pitch because of what your pitching day comes up and all that yeah. stuff. Yeah, it was, it was a blessing. It was a blessing. Um, I had a feeling that I was going because 
Uh, at that time, I think I had the most win and the best ERA in, in the league. Uh, but just seeing your name come on TV and they officially hear that you make it. And I was lucky, too, that um, I started like a couple of days before they announced it. And I was, in a way, my bullpen day was the, on the on the game. Then they asked me if I want to pitch. I said, definitely, I want to pitch. And I think um, the thing I, I enjoy more of that was seeing my family enjoying it. You know, um, when you're there, you don't have time really to like sit down and relax what's going on because you're doing this. They want people want to interview. You got to do this. You got to do that. But seeing my family enjoying being there around all those players, taking my brother down for the home and derby, seeing him being like, like a little kid. It's like, that's, that's, that's makes it feel way better that actually is supposed to feel for myself. You know what I mean? Because it's like, in a way, we do this for our family, and when they can enjoy a part of your success, it's, it's, it's priceless. Yeah, and that's, that's a blessing. And yeah, definitely. We were an all-star with the Atlanta Braves, and mm-hmm. you still, you and your wife still reside in the Atlanta area. Right. What, 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 why did you decide to base yourself in Atlanta versus the other cities in the U.S., or even maybe back home? I don't know. Um, she's from here. She's from Atlanta. She's from Georgia. Um, actually, I wanted to live. I wanted to live in Tampa, Florida, because uh, that's where I used to live. That's I had a, a personal trainer with the ex teammates. Um, but um, thinking of well, like having all my family still in Curacao, and when holidays come, like if I'm in Florida, we still need to come to to Georgia to spend holidays. Then we decide to stay home. I'll call Georgia home and. Uh, you know, at least be around family. And, uh, you know, I have a, a a great base of friends over here, too. It makes it – and there's a lot of other ex-Brace uh, players lives over here, too. And, you know, makes it feel at home, too. Definitely. Thank God for Delta Airlines. I don't know if they do a direct flight from Atlanta oh, to Oh, they South. used to, man. They, they what? Used, they used to. They let it go. Uh, now I need to go to Miami, Miami, Curacao. Yeah. But, but I hope that Delta uh, brings it back, then I can fly back home direct. Yeah, but I, I, I didn't, I didn't know that you had the, uh, you, you, I, I guess obviously before you met your wife, you prefer Tampa. Like I'm a big, I really enjoy Tampa. Like I'm a big proponent. People are like, oh, Tampa's yeah. sleepy. I'm like, no, like Jacksonville no. is like the sleepy yeah. place on yeah. the other side of the state. I, I think Tampa's fantastic. I, I used to go because I, I, um, uh, I played for Detroit. And the, the spring training was in Lakeland, and I spent most of my time in in in, um, in Tampa when I was in Lakeland. And then, um, you know, just uh, uh, when I got up with the big leagues with Detroit, uh, Sheffield um, sent me to this trainer in uh, Largo, Florida, and uh, just being near water, be able to get uh, all my my food. I wanted seafood, like because it's a big uh, Latino community down there. And I really fell in love with Tampa. And um, but sometimes you gotta make family decision, you know what I mean? And uh, but here too in Georgia, yeah. I find my spot already. Yeah, I can go get my my, my Latino food, and I'm I'm good now. I'm well, good. You know, maybe when when you finally you know hang up your cleats or your pitching arm, you're like maybe you become a, a restaurateur in Atlanta and open up Cura Cura Corazon. I don't know. Uh, something something. <laughs> Hey, that's not a bad idea, man. I need to find a chef. I need to find a chef. I'm back home to make sure. I don't know. Got people in Georgia is ready for local food from Curacao. Now. 
you always I, I'm when I when I go travel like like it's in Tampa or anywhere else I, yeah. I love hole in the walls like very small places 100%. you have five 100%. tables and that's what you just need I've always wanted to do that 100%. like I don't need the cheesecake factory of no, black food. no no it's if I'm by myself traveling dude I go to the one like I, I asked around what's the best food that you got here and usually they send you a hole in the wall and you go there's like whoa what is and when you walk in and when you see that plate mm, and you taste it, I like it too, man. I, I, I prefer go for taste than luxury, 100%. Yeah, we, 100%. we're, we're de definitely same wavelength because what frustrates me, for example, Miami, yeah. I spend a lot of time in Miami. And every time I see like social media, they're like, oh, these are the 10 top hot new places to go in Miami. And I'm like, that place is not good. That The food is overpriced. And I'm, I just go to my, my normal four or five hole in the walls. My tummy's happy. My wallet's happy. I'm 100%. happy. And, and, and the, the environment is like being at home with your friends. That's the most important thing, that you feel comfortable. You don't need to show off or try to pretend somebody you're not. You just can go with your short and jeans, whatever, and just eat your plate. Nobody will bug you. Good music. They always got to have good music. Always got to have good music and go home. Oh, definitely. I want to ask you one more. I know we're, uh, I don't want to yeah. take up That's too much okay. of your time, but I want to ask you one more question on your international experience playing in Mexico. Because when we think of Mexico, crazy soccer fans, but they also, like I said, they have a really good baseball league. What yes. was your experience there playing uh, with the, with other professionals and also in front of fans there in Mexico, like one of the heartland of Latin American soccer? Um. You know, um, like you said, it's a, it's a sleeper on baseball. Like, they produce a lot of big leaguers, a lot of all-stars, too. I'm not lucky enough to play in the playoffs because I, I saw videos how crazy they can get in the playoffs. I saw a little bit um, from the winter balls. Uh, I experienced a little bit from the winter balls when the team goes to the playoffs, but they're diehard. Like, I had a chance to be with uh, Monclova last year. And it's a really small town, really small town. And the only things that I think make these people wake up in that town is baseball. It's like they love, like, they see you walking and say, you play for Monclova. I say, yes. And they, dude, it's like, the players from Monclova, like, we, we, like, we were gods. Like, like, um, like, I was there just a part of the season, but some bars, restaurant will be closed and guys will tell like, yo, we hungry. They will keep the kitchen open for us like two hours after it's supposed to be closed. It's just how special, like in some city it is in, in Mexico. Like they really love the team. Like same way they die hard in in, in, in soccer, some of the, the, the cities are die hard baseball fans. Yeah, that's one of my dreams. One of my baseball dreams is to go yeah. to uh to go to some Latin American winter oh. league games in, not in um yeah, like during the winter time. If if in the wintertime, if you go to the summer, you gotta go like uh, Mexico City was a good experience. Like it was packed. It was packed, like and the stadium is is big league. Then uh this one the stadium for sure you gotta go if you have a chance to go through the summer. Mexico City and Tijuana is always packed too. Um they do a really good job of um, on field promotion and stuff like that to make sure the field is always packed. Then those two, the two cities for sure, like I had a really good experience like playing and just like being here in the States playing. Yeah, yeah. So since you were a teenager, you were recruited by agents, by baseball teams. I mean, you, mm -hmm. you've had, you've had, you have known the business of baseball for two oh, decades. Yeah. 
So to go to have that experience. And then, like I had said at the beginning of the, of the conversation that then you have this business opportunity to be on uh, TV and you don't have to actually perform. Is there, was there, is there any difference between doing TV entertainment, the business side of it and the business side of baseball where everyone's, everyone's promising you the world, but they don't do anything. (laughs) Uh, That's a good question. Like, I want to ruin people's lives because, <laughs> you know, um, not everything on a reality show is real, man. You know what I mean? That's of course. like, but the business side is, it's like, um, I think um, the only difference I want to say, like, sometimes in a reality show, you got to make it more dramatic than it looks like. And in, in baseball, it's just... It is or it is not. You know what I mean? That's the two different. Um, I, I'm not going to lie. I have fun in a way. Just seeing my wife do what she loves. Like, like, I, I, like you got to, like, I'm down to support my wife or family or friends any way as possible. Even though I need to, you know, I don't want to sound like I wasn't happy to be on the show. It's just my personality is not for a reality show. It is just, you know what I mean? I might look like, I don't want to be there. It's not that I just, I'm shy and just, I'm a really like private type of dude. And um, be on the reality show, you might need to show some stuff that you don't want to show, you know what I mean? Let people in. And maybe that's why uh, I wasn't like, people would think like I wasn't happy to be on it, but you know, it's, it's just another, it's another job. You know what I mean? I tried to support my wife as much as possible. And uh, if we need, if we need to do it again, I do it again. Now more and more experience. I might be more like happy face this time. But um, yeah, if we need to do it again, I'll do it for her for sure. hundred percent. Absolutely. So we're going to finish the show with uh, where you're comfortable in a okay. small hole in the wall restaurant in Atlanta. Give I, us before we run out of time here. Give us one restaurant that you you said, because you said you have your your list of Latin American restaurants in, yeah. uh, in the Atlanta area. What's one that you love going to? Back then, when I used to play, they used to have a Cuban place right in front of my, my apartment called Poppy's. Uh, I used to go to Poppy's almost every day. Me and a, a teammate of mine, it was Puerto Rican to Ruben Gota. We used to go there before we go to, to any games. And now uh, I live uh, more outside in the suburbs. There's one called Dominican Versace, Dominican restaurant. Oh, when I want some, um, um, some chicken or, or lechon or mondongo, that's where I go. You know I mean, uh, yeah, I pick my days. Uh, definitely my wife loves some roast cherry chicken and rice and some um, beans too. She likes the sweet plantain. She likes those, those stones. And uh, I'm trying to like, try to like introduce her. Uh, she, not introduce her, she loves it. It's just we don't do enough. Definitely. I'm definitely going to write that down when I, when I go yeah. down to see yeah. a Braves game. But yeah. Jair Jurgens, it's been a pleasure talking with you. I want to thank you for joining us. And if you can take us away to where people can find you and all that. Yes, I, I'm reading that a lot on social media. Uh, you can find me at Sergio Jurgens on Instagram 49. Um, Dream Glove too. That's my, um, me and my partner's um, um, company. I'm trying to like um, uh, produce some Dream Gloves for young kids coming up. And um, and uh, try to stop planning for after baseball life. Um, but Say you Georgia 49 on Instagram. That's the only one you gotta find you on. I want to thank Jair Jurgens for joining us this week. I'm also gonna thank a new listener from a place called DeSoto. I don't know if it's in Texas, I don't know if it's in Louisiana, but I do know that you listen, so thank you and thanks for joining us this week. 
Listen, everyone, we're going to get together next week for a brand new episode of HBP, Hipster Baseball Podcast. Bye. <laughs>